When I was in college, uh, my freshman year, my roommate and I decided that we were going to fulfill one of our physical education requirements by taking tennis. And though neither of us had played hardly any tennis at all, we thought, well, let's go do that. So we took that and we were out and we were doing our practicing on the tennis courts there at the college and so forth. Well, after uh, several weeks, it was almost towards the end of the quarter where we had been playing, uh, along came the tennis instructor. And he was standing watching us play and he was watching me serve. And he said to me, Bill, I think I can improve your serve. So he was showing me how to do it. So I was practicing how he was changing my serve. Now I was, I was a pretty poor player. And after he got through teaching me how to serve, I was a much worse player. I don't know, it just seemed like everything went downhill after that. It was really sad, I couldn't, I could hardly get it over the net anymore. But he said, oh, you just keep practicing, you keep practicing. Well, shortly afterward, shortly afterward, we, um, we were on leave and we were home and it was a nice day in San Diego. And so, since we had taken tennis lessons, we challenged my dad and his dad to a set of tennis. Dads against the sons. Which we got whipped so bad. We eventually said, let's not keep score anymore. You know, after that. So, so, improving your serve, improving your serve, actually today is not about tennis. So sorry. But I had to throw that in because I was so embarrassed playing tennis that I don't even have a tennis racket anymore. As my dad would, you know, bless his heart, passed away. If you have your Bibles, would you please grab them and open them up? And we'd like to look at that. If you were at home, please go grab your Bible. I would like for us to look at something that, well, you'll see. It kind of turns a little bit on you because... I have been schooled at, well, let me just share this with you. So if you would find in your Bible, please turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. This is the writings of Paul right after, right after uh, the Gospels are shared, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So if you would find your Bible, if you, um, I'm sorry we don't provide them in the pews anymore because of COVID, but if not, you can follow that on the screen together. So we're looking at Romans chapter 12 together and it starts very right off the bat if you look at verse one it says therefore all right now stop right there therefore now in in paul's writings when it says therefore it's kind of like saying in conclusion in summary of everything so in actual fact chapter 12 begins a summary of what he has been talking about, stating through all chapters 1 through 11, going through all the doctrinal teachings that he's been... And, well, as some of the, some of the uh, uh, early apostles, they would say, Paul's writing was hard to understand. And if you are reading Romans, you can get lost really quickly. Um, but I'm supposed to know, get my way through it, so I try to get through Romans, but his theology is deep, it's not shallow. And so after going through Romans 1 through 11, he comes to this point saying, after everything I've said up to this point, therefore, therefore, in other words, 
This is the epitome or the crown of everything I have said before in chapters 1 through 11. Now we're going to begin with what this. So there is a request here. There's a requested response. After you've read all this, after you see all this, therefore, therefore, I would like for you to go on for words. Okay, after all that, now you're on chapter 1, chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Now, over the years, I have uh, had this text shared with me many times. Maybe you have as well. And often this text is used to refer, and looking at this, it said, offer, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And it continues on to say, well, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Maybe you've had that referred to maybe if you had that text before and in looking at that particular and looking at that particular part of that looking at sharing with you some people have used this text to talk about the importance of having a healthy body have you had that i've had that i've had people say here is a text and i've had it used now this is you know i believe in having a healthy body i believe in doing that and so it's talking about living and proving and bringing this body to you well I don't know about you, but COVID, <laughs> COVID has kind of changed my style, and I've noticed, I've noticed that I've put on about 10 pounds uh, over the last few months. I just, so the solution to that, of course, is for me to grow about six inches, and that will take care of that problem, and then we will be in good shape, good shape. But I'm going to suggest to you this morning that there's something far deeper here than talking about my health. We could spend good time talking about our health. We could spend talking about the importance of having a healthy body as best as we can. That would be good, but I, I want to suggest you that there may be something deeper here for us to look at. And perhaps because we might get focused on just looking, oh, they're talking about health, that we miss what is really going on. And that would be tragic, I think. Because I believe he's not talking really about our health. As valid as that might be, I don't think that's really what the topic is. When he's saying, present yourself as a living sacrifice. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is to be your true and proper worship. Do you notice that? Offer ourselves to God. How does someone offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God? How would that be an act of worship? How would we actually go about doing that? So the fallback was, hey, well, you know, lose 10 pounds. That would be the thing to say. Yeah, then you'll be your... No, I, I, don't, I don't think that's what it's about. I don't think that's exactly how this thing flows together. Now watch. 
Because when the sacrificial system was used, sacrifice always led to the death of the sacrifice. When they were going to offer a lamb, the lamb was slain. The bullock, even the sparrow. Those, those things, they ended in death. But we're not asked to end and sacrifice our lives to death. We're being asked, suggested here, that we present ourselves as a living sacrifice. See? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Not as something to go to death, but something that will go to life. Okay, so let's go back to Romans chapter 12, if you would. Find that in your Bible, Romans chapter 12. And I think the doorway will open for you as you look at this. Verse 3. But by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of us. Would you please note that? In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of us. He's talking about believers presenting themselves as a living sacrifice. He's talking about coming and presenting yourself in the faith, being sober, in accordance with the faith of God, the faith of God that has been distributed to all of the believers. Now that gets me to think a bit. Wait, 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 hold up, hold up. Maybe this isn't talking about health at all. Maybe this is talking about something deeper, something, something we should take note of. For just as each of you each of us had one body with many members, the church family with many members. And these members do not all have the same function. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad we don't all have the same function? That would, you know, I, I think as a pastor, there's a lot of things that I, that I am required to do from now on. But to play the piano, if chopsticks is good, we're good. You know, that's, that's it. So... There are others who need to bring their talents on the line, and we don't all have the same function, the same thing that we do. Verse 5, so in Christ, we though many form one body, and each of us belongs to all the others, so we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is encouraging, then give encouragements. If it is giving, then give generosity. If it is the lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And as I'm reading that, I realize there is there's an appearance, there's, there's where it seems to appear that having a living sacrifice implies active service within the church ministries. Woo! Did you, did you catch that? It, it, it appears that what is meant by that, what that call is that, therefore, 
after you've gone through all that theology, all that understanding of Christ's sacrifice for you, all the way the grace is presented in Romans 1 through 11. It's amazing. He comes to the great therefore, and he said, therefore, as you present yourself as a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, that action of presenting of your living sacrifice is directly associated with the active service of the church and ministry. Which then becomes, by implication, would it become the act of worship. So, personal participation in the actions and ministry of the church family, I believe, is really what he was talking about there. Really what he's talking about. So, therefore, he says, present yourselves holy and pleasing to God. Holy and pleasing to God. Do you feel holy? <laughs> you know what I ask people? No, 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 I don't feel that. No, 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 no. I remember that I would always look and think the old ladies in the church uh, were the holy people. If you're a mature woman there, take a bow. Well, we don't have any here, evidently. No mature, elderly, mature women, I see. Okay, so presenting yourself holy, presenting yourself. It is interesting that when we look at the description at Jesus' birth in Luke chapter 1, and we're just going to briefly look at there. In Luke chapter 1, verses uh, 74 and 75, note, notice what the wording is. As it's describing Jesus' purpose and why Jesus is coming, Luke is sharing why Jesus came to this earth. And there are many reasons, and, and grace and so forth. But look at the connection here. It says, in rescuing us from the hand of the enemies, and to enable us to serve him without fear, in what? There it is again, in holiness and righteousness, you see. There it is again, to serve him. Do you see a connection there? A connection between serving God and holiness. So it's not my piety. It's not being a monk. It's not being sequestered someplace. It's not the hours and hours and hours of prayer, the value. It appears that what he's talking about, that Jesus' purpose was to come and give us an opportunity to serve him without fear and associated, the service became the association of holiness. James said, faith without works is dead, isn't he? Faith without works isn't dead. So I entitled the sermon, Improving Your Serve, not tennis, but improving the service of what you are about and what you can do. Now, this is going to age me. <laughs> of course, you already know that. But I remember so distinctly the day that John Kennedy, president, was assassinated. Many of you, a few of you, were young enough. Well, let's see, two of us, I guess, were young enough to remember that. Remember that day. I remember where I was sitting when they came into a classroom 
and school and told us, and that kind of ended school for the day. I mean, we all stayed there, but we were all distressed, and immediately they rolled in television so we could listen to Walter Cronkite or wherever it was, I can't remember, telling us, and we were following it. And boy, we were glued to our TVs watching this unfold. I remember that. I also remember a statement that he made. And if you recall, he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Boy, does that need to be heard in our world today. <laughs> okay, that's my last political statement about that. But ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Ask not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for your church. <laughs> and as I was thinking about that, I, and this has kind of unfolded to me in, here in Romans chapter 12. And I'm thinking about just in our world today, there's so many consumer, consumer-type Christians that they're looking for what the church can do for you, what the church can do for me, instead of what can I do for the advancement of God's cause. Do you have entertainment for me? Do you have things that my children can do? Do you have this? Do you have that? Do I like your music? Is it all about me? And, and that's exactly opposite of what this call is in Romans chapter 12. Ask not what your church can do for you. Now I know sometimes you need help from the church. and I understand that, but do you see the mindset? And so if we understand that, about what I can do for my church, if we understand that, and the call here, the call made in Romans 12, that first beginning as we lay, that our gifts become on the line, as we bring our gifts to help the church in its ministry, therefore, we are presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. And that is our act of worship before God. What do you think? You kind of think, wow, wow. You know, from time to time, people pass out and as they're leaving, they, they said all kinds of things to me. Sometimes I catch what they're saying, sometimes not. <laughs> sometimes things come from way out of left field you know well there was a pastor uh, and he was a presbyterian pastor and and um at the end he'd been at this church for quite a while and as and as people were leaving in the church he this man came up to him and looked at him and he's shaking his hands and said you know it, it's about two basins Now, if you'd said that to me, I'm going, what? Well, that's what the pastor said. What? Well, it, it all comes down to two basins. Well, what do you mean? The pastor asked. What do you mean it comes down to two basins? He said, well, one of the basins was used by Pilate. And he asked a basin of water be brought to him at the end of the trial of Christ that he could wash his hands and what is the meaning of that? 
washing of hands of all responsibility. I'm no longer involved. We even use that expression today. Well, I wash my hands of it. You know. No longer involved, all done. When just a few days late earlier, Jesus had picked up a basin and he went and he washed the feet of his disciples. He wasn't washing his hands of the responsibility. He was taking responsibility. So how about you? Are you going to present yourself as a living sacrifice? That's not what the church can do or what I can do for the church. This coming week, in just a few days, we're going, again going to have food coming, organizing our food, getting ready to feed the hungry. It's an incredible system. It's amazing how that all works and goes. Many of you have been helping with that. It's amazing how that process works. I stand in awe when I see the church functioning in that fashion and how things go so quickly and easily and done. I praise God for that and I thank all of you who have participated in that. If you'd like to be involved with that and think of doing Marianne, would you just raise your hand? She'd be glad to show you how to get involved. Now it's a particular thing. We don't need all of us there at one time but we kind of spread things out but there may be other things, other ways to help. Other things that can be done. So which basin do you have? Pilate's basin? Or Christ's basin? Wash your hands of it. Say, let, let somebody else do that. I'm sure others can do that much better. Or Christ's basin? Willing to serve. You need to wrestle that in your own heart and in your own mind just as I do. Dear Lord, I thank you for this incredible passage here. And, and that we can move on that it's just about presenting ourselves as healthy bodies, but presenting ourselves, presenting ourselves as sacrifice to worship you in the actions we do in the church. How clearly Paul laid that out for us to be involved and to help. It is the way we can present ourselves. What can I do, Lord? What are my gifts that I can bring and help? We all have them. We all can be a part. COVID has kind of stopped us, Lord, but it hasn't stopped the needs of people around us. And it cannot stop our ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, there are a few things I'd like for you to consider as you take this home with you and as you think about that. And as it's part of you, and if you're online watching for later this afternoon, I'd like you to think about some things together. One of the things I'd like you to think about is, how would being a living sacrifice really impact me? How would that actually affect my life in going forward? What would I need to do for that? Number two, what could I do to help? So something I can do to help and to make that happen. Well, some say, well, I don't have the gifts to do that. I don't have this. I don't have that. Do that. Really? I have a friend named Rusty. He's totally blind. Totally blind. 
never stopped him. He runs the sound system, he plays the guitar, plays the keyboard, plays the drums. He does everything but the lights. You never know if the lights are on. He does everything. Never let him stop him. So consider that. What can I do to help? Number three, do I need to grow in how I can be of service? In other words, is there something I need to learn in order to be better at it? Is there some things that would, I could pick up from others? We learn a lot from each other. But is there something I could learn that would make me more effective in the ministry that I'm doing? So if you would consider those three things this afternoon, and through your time as you walk and as you talk and as you plan your day and your week, follow those things. Living sacrifice, how do I do that? What could I, what could I learn? What could I how do I get involved? How to make that? You let that rail around in your mind and let the Spirit of God lead and speak to you. All right? Good deal. All right, we're going to uh, now shut off. For those of you who are online, we will see you here next week. We are delighted that you could join us. May God bless you. If you are local, please come and be part of our congregation. We'd love to have you be part. Say, well, I've never been there before. That doesn't matter. You just come on down. We're at 5050 Davis Boulevard. We're at the 5050 Church. You get it? So you'll never forget that address. 5050 Davis Boulevard. We'd love to have you come. Bring your mask, but you're welcome to that. So thank you. We're glad that you could be with us. And uh, may God bless you.